Hello everyone and welcome to another Scots We Hate podcast and today I'm joined by musician and composer Finn Anderson and theatre director Tanya Azevedo to talk about A Mother's Song, A New Folk Musical, which as you're about to hear is a hugely ambitious and exciting production. Hello Tanya and Finn. Hello. Tanya, can you give us an overview of A Mother's Song? Yes, yes I can. Uh, so Mother's Song is a musical that Finn and I have been creating for many, many years, more on that later, um, and it tells the story of Sarah, um, who has just moved into her new house with her partner Alex, and in the process of moving she discovers this box that was left to her by her Aunt Betty, and Aunt Betty had collated all the research that she could find about their ancestors who had migrated from Scotland to Ulster in Northern Ireland and then to the Appalachian Mountains. Right. And all of this research um, is a combination of their stories, but importantly, a combination of ballads and the folk songs that had been passed on uh, by all of these women who were all on the verge of motherhood. Um, and so this research really uh, begins to open Sarah's eyes and mind to to the possibility of her own way of having a family. Excellent. And and Finn, I know you for your music. I didn't really know you had a theatre background as well. What's your involvement and how do you view the project? Yeah, for sure. So that was a good that was a good summary, Tanya. But um we we conceived the project together. So it um it came from my my fascination with with the Scots ballads and how they've traveled and how they've evolved over time and and also our kind of joint our joint interest in all of the different themes that that are explored throughout the show so the whole concept kind of came as a joint um a joint thing when we first met in 20 we first met in 2014 and we started working on this in 2017 2018 um and yeah so my role in the project has been kind of co-creating the story with Tanya so we've we've shaped the story together um and also writing all of the music and lyrics and kind of adapting the traditional music and songs and ballads um, to kind of reframe them slightly in, in the story. And there's going to be an EP released as well with uh, the music from the show. In fact, the Sarah song is out now, the first kind of release from it. Was that always the intention to have a, a physical uh, copy of the music as well? I think yeah it's I guess it's a really for me a really interesting thing about musical theatre that makes it different to other forms of theatre is that it can exist in a, a different form outside of the theatre you know so it can it can be this thing that people can come and see the show and then or people that can't come and see the show can get the music in a different form and so I guess with with theatre projects for both of us I think it always feels great to create that other that other thing um but yeah a recording project is such a different a different beast to to making a theatre show. And for this piece in particular, it felt really because it's all about folk music and the traveling of this folk music. And and there are so many folks all over the world that have an interest in the story that won't be able to come and see it yeah. uh, this time round. And um, it was really important to us to start making the piece accessible to folks wherever they may be. I suppose we should say uh, at the beginning where people can see it and how they can get tickets and all of those things. Yeah, so it opens, it's so soon now, but it's opening on the 23rd of February at the McRobert Arts Centre in Stirling. Um, and it's running just for five shows there to begin with. 
Um, and so yeah, we go into rehearsals at the end of this month and tickets are on sale. Is it at motherssong.com, I think? It's at motherssong.com, um, indeed. I will double check. <laughs> um, and what, what, do you know if you've got any plans to, to take it elsewhere or is it too early to say? Tanya? Still too early to say at this stage, we're in several different conversations with with folks all over, both in Scotland and out of Scotland. Uh, but at this stage, still just very much in planning, in planning phases. So we're we're hoping that folks coming to see it um, in this iteration will rave so much about it that we'll have no choice but to have to take it all over. <laughs> yeah, I guess the, the dream would be that it has life after these five shows and and that it's able to travel a bit um, and this is kind of a step on the journey for us but because because of the kind of the transatlantic side of things it does feel like something that you could hopefully take to north america or other or, or all around the world hopefully all around the world you said it so we'll just, we'll just <laughs> tell them that you told them that's what it's got to be um but yeah i think i think i also you know the story is about and it's about many things, but one of the things it's about is about how music travels and about how stories mm. travel. And so it feels like it's kind of built in into the story that it would be a piece that we would love to travel. But you never know what's going to happen. So, you know, if it runs for five days in Sterling and that's the that's the life that it has, then that will also be really exciting. And um, so we'll see. Because it seems like a very timely um, subject and topic to be looking at, because I think that Scottish uh, ballads and Scottish folk tradition and all of those things are being kind of re-examined and, uh, you know, new people are discovering them all the time. And also the, the, that idea of travel is something that, uh, in terms of a Scottish diaspora, has really only recently been, you know, celebrated. I remember years ago being in, in Spain and someone said, well, Irish diaspora, that's everywhere. It's very, you know, it's a pub in every, you know, I, I had a pint of Guinness in Fiji once in an Irish pub. Uh, but Scotland didn't seem to have that a uh, identity, or at least it wasn't public necessarily. But I think that's changing. Is that something that you were aware you know, Did you think, yeah, this is, this fits in with a lot of what else is going on culturally? Honestly, probably, probably not. I mean, when we started develop, it was five years ago when we first came up with the idea. So I guess some things have changed and evolved since then. But it definitely feels like, you know, Scottish folk music and folk culture is, has had such an impact in so many places in the world. And, and that is something that's really alive and well in Scotland. You know, our traditions are really alive and well here. And there's a lot of people kind of carrying that torch. And um, so, yeah, it's really nice to be a part of that. And I guess it's also important to recognise the you know that's a lot of that travel of the songs and the stories is tied up in a colonial history too and so it's not all it's not all simple and no. and sweet um you know the the reasons that the songs traveled and the people traveled is not is not always um sometimes romanticized and um so that's something that we've had to look at a little bit as we develop this story too and the reasons why they had why they had to leave you know mm -hmm. not necessarily going to something better but just having to get out that was the other things as well the reasons they had to leave and whose land they were going to. So yeah. like, both of those things are complicated, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. So as you said, this has been years in the making. Um, how are you feeling now that it's getting close to the premiere? Relieved? <laughs> uh, I think that would be the word for me. Um, I think that it's, you know, making a musical is is such a 
it's such a big beast of of a project always um because you you're interconnecting so many different art forms into telling one story cohesively um and 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 we've we've been on on a long on a long journey and we've been very very lucky that we've been so supported by um not only by the Royal Conservatoire of Scotland but also by American Music Theatre Project along the way um also the Lowry Theatre in Manchester so we've had a, a lot of help getting getting to this point um but it's also felt like we you know the journey needed to 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 have taken this long for us to grow as artists for us to fine tune what we wanted the story to be saying and and for us to spend the time that the story needed to have the authentic representation in terms of its sound in terms of its story in terms of finding the right collaborators all of those things are um, are partnerships that take a long time to develop and one of the things that's Sorry. I was just going to say, I think one of the things that's really exciting for me at this point is that, you know, it's it's been me and Tanya sitting with this for so long and suddenly we have this huge team of people, you know, we've mm. got, there's a there's a, a designer and everyone has an assistant and there's there's movement and there's music direction and there's a whole team of production people and producers and marketing people and all, all the folk that it takes to, you know, it's when you make an album um, as a singer-songwriter, it's just sort of you driving the whole thing and you bring people in for different bits of it and you know with with a show of this scale it's the team is so huge and that's just such a it's such a joy to be part of such a collaborative thing and of course part of those years that you've been developing this we had covid and, and lockdown and were you able to continue to work together during that period or was it kind of you know a, a bump in the road one too many it's funny because we were <laughs> we were in Chicago um, in in February 2020 uh, doing a residency for a mother song, and the date of our sharing was 14th of March 2020. For, yes, 14th of March 2020. Which, if we if we can remember that traumatic date, was the date that everything closed down and people were flying everywhere. So. Yeah. It, it, you know, we were really in, in the midst of it as we were leading to this sharing and, and the sharing that never happened, that was never to be. So mm -hmm. I think that for the first however many months, Finn and I were a bit un unable to look at it. You know, we were just like, OK, we, we almost we almost had our sharing and then it didn't. Um, but it also allowed us once we, we got over that, it also allowed us space to to develop it in different ways during during the pandemic years we we were able to do a concert at the lowry we were able to have time to continue writing so you know after after that uh, moment of jolting mm. jolt, is that right mm. uh yeah it, it was beneficial in the end i think mm. i don't know if that's how finn would tell that story but maybe that's <laughs> <laughs> no i think for i think for sure it was it was a really strange and surreal to be kind of in the midst of trying to create this thing as the world was shutting down and um and then yeah to get to revisit it and and I think we've all we've all gone on a journey through the pandemic of mm -hmm. growth and change and everybody's been difficult for some for everyone in different ways but I think yeah. for me getting to go away and make an album which was a, which was a you know I was only able to really spend the real time on that album because um I wasn't doing so many theater things because it was all closed down and that was yeah. such a gift and then to be able to return to this after making something that was just the music has given me a whole new perspective then on on writing this show so yeah I'm glad that it worked out the way it did even if at the time it didn't feel like that that's very philosophical of you both I think. <laughs> <laughs> that's a different day you'll get a different answer yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. 
So you're about to start rehearsals. Um, do you know how they're going to unfold? Have you, do you, this is, have you met everyone involved? We have met everyone involved, not if not in person, we at least have had Zooms with, with everyone involved. Um, I'm actually going to Scotland tomorrow um, to to visit the McRobert Art Centre, which I've, I've been to already, but we're having a site visit with a creative team. Um, and, and yes, we've, we've assembled a wonderful cast, half of which has already been involved in, in some iterations of the concert so far, half of which are completely new. So we have a really lovely mix of new, fresh, new energy and people that are already really committed to the story. Um, and yeah, and now it's where the fun part is. Today, mm. I was literally just spent the morning putting together schedules and getting everyone's faces onto one spreadsheet. And yeah, it's really ramping up to getting all of these people that so far have only been online to the same space. And that's really exciting. And I'm presuming that the EP is completely recorded and it's already done and ready to go. Is that right? EP exists, yeah, and it's out on the is it the twenty seventh of January? Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, it's it's all done and and the so the EP features the band that are going to be doing this this first production and this an amazing group of musicians. So we're really excited about that. And it also the the cast that's on the EP is the cast from the concert that we did in October at the McRoberts. So some of the cast are in this first production. Some of them. I've moved on to other things and are not able to join us for for February, but we're part of that that gig that we did in Stirling. And uh, we mentioned Sarah's song, which is sung by Bethany Tenick. Um yes. She's in the show. She's kind of central to the show. Can you talk a little bit about the cast and how it works? Tanya, yeah. do you want to talk about that? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Absolutely. So, um, so Bethany is is playing Sarah of of Sarah's song, titular character, um, and and we're really we both Finn and I had had worked with Bethany at different points, uh, and we're really really excited to have her back. Um, and we have also joining us from from previous concerts. We also have Kirsty Finley and Melanie Bell, um, who have both been um in in the concert version before and are featured on the EP. And then we're really happy to be to be welcoming um some some hopefully known Scottish faces. This, these are all wonderful Scottish actors that have uh, been working whether in Scotland or in England, uh, back and forth, uh, Blythe Jandu and Tinashi Warakandwa, uh, Craig Hunter and Stephanie Mc McGray. McGarry, McGarry. Fantastic. I'm very good at the Scottish, <laughs> clearly. Um, and and all of these folks um are coming together with us at the end at the end of the month. It's it's very much an ensemble piece. Um so despite the fact that Sarah's the, the titular character of Sarah Song, um, there are no lead characters as it were. It very right. much with with the six of them sharing the the whole of the story, especially because the story takes place in four different places. So we are in Scotland, we are in Northern Ireland, we are in West Virginia, and we are in New York. And so all of these places have their kind of core storyteller. Yeah, yeah, totally. And the way that the, the story kind of unfolds is that it's, it's mostly told through the lens of Sarah, this modern day character. Um, and as she kind of uncovers these stories of the past, and um, then they start to kind of take over her her world and her apartment and her life so um she kind of finds herself swept up into into the past and into the histories and the ballads and the stories and kind of can't escape it that's kind of how the how the other characters come into her world and are you going to 
see something new when you go into rehearsals. I'm in the. I'm thinking of um, the staging, maybe even the costume. I don't know that those kind of things. Is that going to be new to you guys? One hundred percent new, and I'm oh, so fine. happy because, like Finn says, so far it's just been us. It's just been us conjuring it, or me and and our wonderful designer Emma Bailey in her uh studio playing in a model box and like and then they go up the stairs and then they go downstairs and then they come around uh you know so so there is all this planning that goes on before you know in terms of how quick they have to get their costumes on and off that we've we've planned it but we've never tried it and so yeah. everything's going to be completely new and and that's what's really exciting about a first first ever production is that all departments are problem solving and coming to it fresh we don't know what it's going to look like in the end. We only have our best hope uh, and our and our best foreseeing of problems and and pre-thinking of problems that might happen. But actually, that's that's really part of the joy is that when we all come together on the thirty first of January, that group of people are going to make a, a show that doesn't exist yet, and that yeah. feels really exciting. Totally, yeah, and and things will keep changing through that. We're in rehearsal for sort of three four weeks and. And we'll learn things about the script and the songs that are and aren't working, you know, during that time and, and the actors will feed in and, and there will be different people coming in and out of the room, whether that's the sound designer or the set designer and, and they'll observe things and so changes will be made all the way along along the way, which is yeah. terrifying, you know. To yeah, know I was going to say, it's, it's also about. terrifying because, <laughs> I mean, most, you know, when writers go past the editing process, they, write, they hand it in and think, well, you know, that's it, I can't do anything about it. But you're going to have all the time before opening curtain to make these changes and think, oh, that works, that doesn't work. Exciting and terrifying at the same time, I imagine. It's so interesting how I've been thinking about this a lot over the last couple of years and kind of how the process of kind of straddling, I guess, the music world and the singer-songwriter gigging, touring, album-making thing and the working in theatre thing. And they're so different in so many ways, a lot's in common in lots of ways, but the the kind of being you can, with an album you can just tweak it until it's happy and then you go okay I'm going to release it now whereas with theater it's like you have the date and then everyone goes oh we got to make like we've got to make the thing now. <laughs> and <laughs> and it doesn't matter if it's ready or not the audience are coming on that day and so just in terms of how the process works it's so different you know you can because yeah like you say if you're writing something you can tinker forever but um yeah that deadline is is a is a, a great thing and also uh, scary thing. It seems to me that theatre, perhaps more than any other art form, is is a real collaboration because it's not just musicians coming together or whatever. You've got the the people who are designing the set, who are making the set, who are you know all of those things, and uh, and you've all got to kind of be pushing for the same goal in the end. Yeah, it absolutely is. And and what's funny is that I also think it's a real collaboration with the audience, mm. um, you know, because the people that receive the material when we did our Chicago sharing and when we did our Manchester sharing and the people that are going to be there in Sterling are different people, have different expectations of the material um, and, their, and their reactions to the material will inform changes that we make to it moving forward. So it's not only highly collaborative between all the departments in our team, which it really is. And, and I love that part of it is my favorite part is, is the fact that I as the director only have so much control and all I all I can do is, is choose the best people and trust my team 
you know that they that we're all on the same vision um because because there are all the departments at play you know the choreography the sound design the lighting design all of those things because i was going to ask what can people expect when they arrive at mcroberts but i guess you guys don't really know yet what entirely to expect we know some things yeah when, can you share with us or do you want to leave that for the for when the curtain goes up i think that we can share that people should expect a fully a, a fully visual auditorial experience we know that we know that there will be lots of movement and we know that there will be a lot of music from beginning to end um and and i is that all we know Finn? yeah i mean there's i guess there's lots of things we could say about the show and <clears throat> it's really story focused so you know it's mm -hmm. not a piece of experimental theater it's going to take mm -hmm. you on an emotional journey with with some characters that are going on going through something um, and and it's told um mostly through music so the whole the show is about 80 percent song um and the bits that are not song a lot of it has music running underneath the scenes so it's really it's a really musical experience um and it kind of straddles i guess between yeah hopefully straddles a little bit between gig and, and theater in that we've got you know the band is on stage and really visible and really part of the show that's not pre-recorded music they're there and they're playing the music live every night um and yeah it's it's brought to life through kind of choreography and a visual design that um is still developing but is looking really exciting so um hopefully it will bring together the things that you love about a, a traditional session or a good gig with sitting around a campfire hearing a really great story that you know has resonance for your life and moves you and and entertains hopefully all of those things that's really interesting because when i first read about it what struck me was the kind of epic nature of it you know what you were looking for but actually what you're describing is quite intimate you can have both, I guess, but I think it is both in a way. I think the the scope of the story is is probably quite epic, um, in terms of like the time span. It spans yeah. sort of five hundred years and people in different continents and and people going through some really massive things in in their life. These women kind of grappling with with one of the biggest decisions or non decisions in mm -hmm. some of the cases um, that they're they're ever going to have. Um, but in terms of at its heart, it's I guess as a the form of it is drawing on the tradition of storytelling and the tradition of Scottish storytelling, which has traveled to Ulster and traveled um, and also exists in Irish culture, but then has also traveled onto Appalachia. And so I guess it's the way that the story is told, while it might, it might be on a big stage and it might feel epic at times, it's kind of at its heart, it's about storytelling, which can be a really intimate one-to-one. -one mm -hmm. Is that fair, Tanya? Absolutely. And I think that what I would add to it is that all the, at, at the crux of the dilemmas and events for, for our, all of the characters in the story is they are very intimate. They are, they are very intimate, personal, domestic dilemmas, even if the setting of their lives are epic. Uh, which we, yeah. yeah, which we hope is, is what's going to allow anyone to connect to the stories. And I think one of the things that's interesting about the ballads like generally is that you know they can be they can be performed in a really intimate way but the content of them is often really epic you know it's it's murder and it's war and it's betrayal and it's heartbreak or whatever you know the ballads in terms of the, the existing scottish ballads a lot of them mm -hmm. what they deal with is really epic even if the singing of them might be might be more of a, a smaller thing and having a live band on stage which i didn't realize was going to happen 
you know, gives it an extra energy as well. Yeah, that's a, like a non-negotiable thing for me in theatre. <laughs> the music has to be live, you know. The musicians have to be seen instead of under the stage mm -hmm. where uh, they're tucked away. Absolutely that. So before uh, um, we tell people again where they can get tickets and all that kind of stuff, what's next for you guys or is it all about a mother's song for now? Yeah, Tanya, look in your face says it's all about a mother's song. And yeah. I cannot think of anything else. Absolutely. I've told everyone in my life to not speak to me until a mother's song is done. I, I this is this is where my focus is at. Um yeah, and, and hopefully what comes after is is also allowing a mother's song to to grow and to reach a wider audience, I would say. Because you mentioned you you've got um partnerships with the conservatoire and a was it an American um American music theater project? Yeah. So would those suggest that there would perhaps be they'd be willing to to do something with a mother's song as well? They've they've been our partners so far and they and that they've really they've supported us getting to this stage. Right. Um so and I'm not sure that they would be the the partners for for the future of the piece, even though I'm sure they'll continue to be to be very, very supportive of the next steps. But I think it'll it it'll be more of a of an exercise of working out where to next, like where yeah. where next can can house us and that has audiences that want to see it. Yeah. And we were also, you know, individually and collectively working on other things too. Me and Tanya have got another show that we've been talking about for almost as long as a mother's song that that's earlier in its development, but that we're developing, um, which is a collaboration with a Brazilian songwriter called Sipa. So that that shows kind of set between Scotland and Brazil and and moves wow. between those two musical languages and also those two linguistic languages. So between Brazilian Portuguese and and um Scottish and English language. Um, and yeah, I'd love to make another album at some point in the next couple of years. And um, I know that Tanya's, you know, you say you're focusing on a mother's song, but is in high demand for directing musicals all around the country. So, yeah. Well, maybe those are busy. those are podcasts for another day, really. <laughs> yes, longer, longer sessions. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us again, if you could, about uh, where people will be able to see and when a mother's song. So it's opening on the 23rd of February um, at the McRobert Arts Centre in Stirling. Um, and it will be running for five shows over three days um, until the 26th. And tickets are at amotherssong.com. Amotherssong.com. Amazing. Well, a mother's song. And we're also <laughs> on the mother's song is also on all the social media, usual social media yeah. places. We've got the single Sarah's song, which is out now, and it's got a music video out. So it's on Spotify and, and YouTube and wherever you get those things. And I'll put, uh, there'll be links to everything that you need linked to on the website uh, on Scotsway as well when this goes out. Yay. Tanya and Finn, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. It's been fascinating. It's been really That's joyous. Thank you for having us. And we'll be back soon with someone completely different. Cheers. <laughs>